Welcome to the Oceans Church Podcast. We pray that as you join us for this message, you are blessed, encouraged and empowered to bring the kingdom of heaven into your spheres of life. Okay. Anyone whose life has been transformed by Jesus, give me a loud cheer. Awesome. Come on. So we are in a new series called My Tribe. The title of my message tonight is called My Tribe, My Family. Um, if you don't know me, my name is Shafin, and my wife and I are the pastors of this church, both locations. And, um, and Jaden on keys and Ash at the front here, they are the campus pastors here in Oceans Perth. And my goodness, they are just, just want to honour them. They, have, they just lead with such integrity. They lead with such courage, with such love and such wisdom. My goodness, I learned so much from Jaden, so much from Ash. They carry wisdom that goes beyond their years. And so you are so blessed having some great leaders here in this place. And it's such a privilege just to do family with you, which is what this series is all about. My Tribe, this is a series designed to help you build healthy relationships, uh, not just with your friends, but also in your marriages and future marriages as we see today. But, but specifically, a little bit of a focus here is about how we can build healthy relationships within a church as well. Um, because we know that the health of our, our relationships determine the health and the direction of our life or the quality of our life, which is why we want to zoom in and have a bit of a look at this. And so I'm going to begin just by praying and asking God to come. If, you, if this is your first time here to church, um, I love the words of Veronica. Something like, why not? Give it a crack. Your life might just be transformed forever. And so I'm just going to pray and ask that God would speak to us. And as I pray, why don't you just open up the door of your heart? Okay. All right, God, would you speak to me tonight? If he's not real, no harm done. But if he is, which he is, he can just transform your life. And so why don't you just pray with me right now? Lord, I thank you that you are here with us. Thank you that it's no accident that every person is here in this room here tonight. For those that are watching and listening online right now, it's no accident, Lord, because this is all about your love, the love of a father pursuing sons and daughters to bring them home tonight. And so, Father God, I thank you that this is your family. We're in your tribe. And so, Holy Spirit, would you speak to us tonight, God, and we just open up our hearts to you tonight. Come and have your way. Do what only you can do and transform us from the inside out by the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, we all said, Amen. 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 Well, by way of introducing the message tonight, I'm just going to tell you a little bit about movie night in the Williams family household. Every Friday night, me and our three kids and Jess, my wife, we have movie night. We've got three kids, Oscar, Liana and Winter. They are eight. 10 and 12 years old. Who else has movie nights here during the week? A couple of people. Awesome. Well, every movie night, I forget until Friday afternoons to quickly Google an appropriate movie for us to watch as a family. Can I tell you, it is a diminished, the list, the size of the list is quickly diminishing because I, I want to watch a movie with my kids that I actually enjoy, number one, and that crosses a whole lot of kids' movies off the list. Um, and so... And so, but also I want to find a movie that's actually appropriate to show our kids. And who knows that that is an ever shrinking, ever shrinking list as we go on as well. And so I feel like I've watched almost all the movies and so I'm trying to find these random movies from the 80s now. I'm rediscovering some 80s movies. They're very wholesome. They're very, they're very fun. And so on Friday nights to choose a movie that we can all watch as a family. And a few weeks ago, do not judge me, 
But um, I got our kids to watch a movie called The Impossible. Does anyone know the movie The Impossible? Okay, I'll remind you, you might, you might remember the movie, you might have forgotten the title, but it's about the Boxing Day tsunami, 2004, and how there's a family that went to Thailand and they're all swimming in the swimming pool, having a grand old time, and then a tsunami, 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 tsunami. <laughs> some sushi came through. Some <laughs> a tsunami came and it swept them off their feet and it obliterated the place. It was unbelievable. And they all went underwater and you think, my goodness, how are they going to survive? And each of the four family members, there was the the parents and then there was the two young boys, miraculously, they somehow survived. And they all split off in different directions. Um, A a mum and a son and then the father and another son found each other, but they thought that each other was actually lost forever. And this is traumatic. I mean, I've got my 8, 10, and 12-year-old son, and they are traumatized watching this. I'm thinking, I'm questioning, I'm questioning my parent credentials here. And Jess, Jess walks through the door halfway through the movie, and she thinks we're watching a horror movie or something because the kids are all like, ah! seeing big gashes in the back of their, you know, back in the legs. It was PG-rated, but my goodness, it was pretty graphic. Um, and anyway... And so after I counseled them and, you know, consoled them and cajoled them through the movie, because I really wanted to watch it to the very end. Um, <laughs> they might have to see counselors after this, but, you know, it's okay. Parent fail. Um, but right towards the end of the movie, crescendos to this, my goodness, this emotional moment where the younger brother, and I'm just about brought to tears, is the younger brother finally saw his older brother. And it was... It, it was it just gripped my heart. And the younger brother saw his older brother and he just bolts to him and runs and they embrace in this, this young brother to brother, tight grip, embrace. They're so happy to see each other. And I'm crying and my kids are crying. And I'm just like, oh my goodness, it's such a powerful moment. Has, has anyone seen that? It's unforgettable, unbelievable. Watch it again if you haven't watched it or watched it for the first time. Actually, I mentioned this at church a few weeks ago and yeah. Some parents had to come and blame me for getting the kids to watch the impossible movie after that. We want to watch it. And so, oops. But, but you know, the, the point is this. Even if you're from a broken background, a broken family background, which these days, almost who isn't, if you aren't, then bless you. Thank you, Lord. I'm from a very broken background. There's something within us that loves and longs for family. We all long for a family to belong to. We belong to be known. We, belong to, we, we long to be known and loved and valued and not overlooked. And this is exactly the way that God has designed it because ultimately this is a reflection of God's invitation for us to belong to His family. The one unbroken family where there is no brokenness, It's the one family that will last millennia. It will last for all eternity. And God's desire that he's put in you and he's put in me is that we would long and that we would find belonging in God's family. And all of us are invited. That's why we have a sign out there, you belong here. The invitation to you is to go on a journey with us. Regardless of what you believe, our invitation for you is you can belong here and go on your journey of discovery together as a family right here. And so the first, what I want to do tonight is actually talk about my tribe, my family. And what I want to look at tonight is a bit of, a little bit about God's family, but then I want to talk about some distinctives about God's family as well. 
And so, the definition of tribe is this. It is the descendants of a common ancestor. So when we talk about my tribe, we're talking about that. But you look around the room, and I don't think all of us have common, actually, biological ancestors, although if you trace it back far enough, back to Adam, then all good. But, but what I'm talking about isn't a biological ancestry, but we belong spiritually to Jesus. We belong, if you put your faith in God, then you belong to God's family. Um, John chapter 1, verse 12 says this. So this answers the question, well, can I belong, how can I belong to God's family then? What do I need to do? Well, this spells it out for you tonight. It says, yet to all who did receive him, everyone say receive, like on, on, a Christmas, on Christmas or for your birthday, you receive a gift. You don't pay for it. You don't beg for it. Oh, you receive for it. And Jesus died on the cross to forgive your sin And so that anyone who receives his forgiveness is forgiven. You don't need to earn it, beg for it, climb for it, work for it. It is a gift. Yet to all who did receive him, like you receive people into your home or to your house, to those who believed in him, everyone say, believe. To those who believed him, in other ways to say, those who trust in him, those who believe in him, lean on him. What Jesus has accomplished on your behalf, not that you have to work for it. Again, Jesus died on the cross for you. He raised from the dead for you so that you and I don't have to do anything except believe and trust in what He's done for us and therefore we can be reconciled to God. Yet to all who did receive Him, to those who believed in His name, He gave the right to become children of God, to belong to His family. So any of you here that has received Jesus, I receive you and I believe in you. I trust in you and what you've done for me. You are a child of God. And again, at the end of the service, we're going to say a prayer and invite you to pray this prayer, to pray a prayer where you can receive him and make a choice to believe in him tonight so you can become a part of his family, yet yeah, as family as well. Um, and so there's an account again as we're looking at the family of God where Jesus himself was on earth and he was at a, he was at a house and he was in the midst of a crowd who was sitting at a table and there were all kinds of people around him and Wherever Jesus went, people were hemming in and pressing in because they wanted to hear what he said and watch the miracles that he used to do. So one day he was in a house and then someone came and ran inside and said, hey, Jesus, your mum's here. Like your biological mum, she's here. Expecting Jesus to go, okay, great. All right, bring her in. But actually, Jesus saw this as a teaching moment. (laughs) So I feel sorry for this guy. He's like, he thinks he's bringing good news to Jesus. Like, Jesus, your mum's here. And then this is Jesus' response. Mark chapter 3, verse 33 to 35. This is what Jesus said. Well, who do you think are my mothers and my brothers? <laughs> and this guy's like, oh, no. Oh, I don't know. I'm just here to tell you that your mum's here. <laughs> oh, man, what have I gotten myself into? But thank God he's so relieved because Jesus answers his own question. <laughs> he's like, thank God for that. I mean, thank Jesus and God for that. <laughs> And so this is what Jesus said. Then looking around at those seated with him, he said, right here, right in front of you, these are my brother, my mother and my brothers. Because he says this, obedience is thicker than blood. The person who obeys God's will is my mother and brother. Is my brother and my mother and my sister and my auntie my cousin. The point is this, thicker, thicker than the blood that runs through our veins is the love that flows from the heart. See, it's not the, those who have the same DNA as me, Jesus was saying, that are my family, but those who put their faith in me, those who follow me, those who surrender their lives to me, 
and allow me to follow and guide their lives, those who receive me, those who believe in me, these are my true, actual family. And so why does Jesus want us to become a part of a family? Well, there's many, many reasons. But this is the, the deal. Like Flick said at the beginning, we're, we were never designed to do life alone. You see, the, the Hebrew mindset, see, Jesus was actually a Jew. He's a part of the Hebrew mindset. The, a Hebrew culture is very different to our Western civilization, a Greek mindset, if you like. Our, our, our Western mindset is it's all about me and God, me and God, me and God, and I'm doing my own journey over here. And we're very individualistic as a society. But the Hebrew mindset was like, you cannot do this alone. We're actually designed to do this as family. We're designed to do this in community, to do this together. And so get this, we need to adopt a Hebrew, Jewish sort of mindset and say, I cannot do this journey alone. So get this, we experience God's love through each other. The Bible makes it very clear in different, in different scriptures that if you want to encounter God's love, you can encounter His God through His Spirit, which some of you would have tonight, but also you actually experience His love as we love and we serve one another. Harry, the way he pumps out that coffee at the coffee machine over there. Come on, let's just thank God for Harry right now. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Awesome. I experienced the grace of Jesus as he just fills up that cup with goodness of gold from heaven. Awesome. We experience his love through family. This is God's provision for you to experience love is the family of God. Get this, theology, that's a fancy way of saying knowledge about God. Theology has actually been outworked in the context of community, the context of God's family, not in isolation. We hear God's voice more clearly in community. We hear God's voice as we go to the Word of God. There's many ways that we can hear God's voice, but sometimes if we just hear God's voice in isolation, sometimes we can get a little bit confused and we hear it in part, but it's so healthy to, to get what we have heard from God and then to outwork that in the context of community. Hey, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? What's your perspective? And it actually helps to refine the clarity to understand God's voice and His wisdom around what you heard. You hear God's voice more clearly in the context of community. The call of God, the purposes of God is outworked in community. See, some people might say, hey, rock up to church. I've got a gift of leadership. I've got a gift of that. I'm going to be preaching. I'm going to be worshiping. I'm going to... It's like, okay, fantastic. Good, 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 good. But actually, no, it's not about finding your purpose in isolation. It's about finding your purpose in the context of community. As you begin serving and helping you discover your gifts and you grow in your capacity in the context of a community. So get this, even Paul had this to happen to him. So Paul is a guy, his name was previously Saul, and his job was to persecute and kill Christians. And he was on his way to Damascus, and he encountered Jesus face to face. His life was transformed in a moment, and then, rather than killing Christians, he went out to preach Jesus to the Gentiles. That's the non-Jewish people. And so he went out, he planted churches. He actually wrote most of the New Testament, which is a small second book at the end of the Bible. He wrote most of the New Testament. He was this godly guy, but even Paul knew, I'm not going to outwork my calling in isolation. He went back to the church leaders in Jerusalem. This guy with his colossal intellect, all of his fruit, even he went back to Jerusalem and said, hey, Peter, who was a leader of the church, have I been off the mark or have I been on the mark? How, how have I been going? He submitted, he had all the fruit. He went and said, hey, Pete, I want to outwork my calling in the context of community. And Peter said, good job, Paul. He's like, yeah, awesome. Even Paul. And so the invitation for us is to outwork our calling in the context of 
community. And so God uses all kinds of different terminologies all throughout the Bible to describe the fact that we are a part of a family. We're going to skip the next chapter, I mean the next scripture. Thank you, Seth. And so what I want to do tonight is a really, really practical message and just make two distinctions. Two distinctions between those who, and this specifically relates to this tribe, this family. See, we're part of a global, worldwide church. Um, Some people call it the Catholic. I don't mean the Catholic denomination, but the Catholic just means worldwide. We're part of the worldwide body of Christ. But then we have tribes within the global body, the global family. And we like to talk about this church as being like, this is our tribe. This is our tribe here. And what I want to do is make a distinction between those who call themselves a guest and those who call themselves a family, a member of the family. And there's some, some great distinctions to make. And so I'm going to make two distinctions. The first of all, first of all, a guest, the first distinction between those who consider themselves as a guest and a member of the family is this. A guest will consume, but a family member contributes. A guest consumes, and a family member contributes. So if you come to our place for dinner, which I hope that you will one day, we do live in Albany, we're up and down and everything, but hopefully you've had to come to our place for dinner, you'll find that we have two meals only that we cycle between. <laughs> Salmon on one hand and curry on the other. I mean, put it behind if you experienced the wonders of our cooking of those two main meals. And so when you come to our house as a guest, we put on the music in the background, we cook the food, we prepare the food. You are our honoured guest and we're going to cook for you. We're going to do the dishes and wash and clean and put away so that you come and you can receive. And you're a guest and you are meant to come and consume. You are meant to use and abuse us. (laughs) You're meant to just receive everything that we want to do for you because you are our honoured guest. And that's great. And that's the way it should be. On the other hand, if you're a part of our family, which our kids are, we keep reminding them, Liana, my family, she's like, my responsibility. (laughs) My family, my responsibility. It's like, if you're a part of the family, then you actually carry responsibility to help us get what we need to get done as a family and especially to help to serve our guests that come along to our house. There's a switch that takes place. So for us on movie night, halfway through the movie, we press pause. All right, kids, get to it. So Friday night is taco night at our place. And so they go to the table and they clear the whole table. They get the dishes, they glab wrap things, put them in the fridge, go there, wash the dishes, wipe the dishes, put the dishes away. And only after they've done that, they've done that and wiped away the table, where we go, okay, it's dessert time and we can press the rest of the movie. And so they actually, I oh know, he's very smart. We discovered that by trial and error. <laughs> and many loud shouting matches. <laughs> but when you're part of a family, it's actually you have responsibility to contribute to that family. And we're teaching the kids about that. And so let's just bring this down to a church level, this tribe. One of the main signs or indicators, just like a dashboard on your car, and it's not a hard and fast rule because we know that there's seasons in our life that come and go and, and things. But a bit of a dashboard little self-measurement, if you like. is One of the main signs that you're no longer a guest at Oceans and that you've made Oceans your home is that you begin to contribute. That you begin to bring your gifts, your skills to the family home so that together we can make our guests feel really welcome. And if you're a guest here today, we are so, so glad that you've come here especially if you come back again. Um, You've come back again a second time. Awesome. Come on, let's give him a round of applause. Awesome. How was your name again? Samuel. Give Samuel a round of applause. Another one. Awesome. 
it's, it's one thing to come one time, but they come back the next the second time. You're like, okay, the coffee's not that bad. <laughs> Thank you, Harry. Thank you, Harry. Awesome. And so one of the indicators is this, that, that no, if you consider yourself not only a guest, but you're like, hey, you know what? This is my family. And it's not like, bang, one day, you know, one week, like you're a guest, bang, next week, you're, you've got to be on team. But it's more like an invitation and a little bit of a dashboard. You know what? This is my family. I'm going to contribute. I'm going to bring my gifts. I'm going to bring my time. So together as a family, we can help others to feel welcomed as well. And I love this. Um, Ephesians chapter 4 verse 16 says this. It says, Jesus makes the whole body fit together perfectly. A body is another way of saying family members working together. Your fingers and your toes and your eyes and your liver and your appendix. I don't know how healthy that is, but anyway. Jesus makes the whole body fit together perfectly. And as each part does its own special work, so don't compare to other people what they do. Hey, just do your own special work. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow. So if you are a finger, do your work. That'll help you to eat the food. That'll help your toes to grow. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. We need every part of the body, all kinds of different people and different gifts and personalities and um, all, all, all the different gifts together, operating together to make this body, this church, this family, our tribe strong and healthy and full of love. Because the way that you serve someone else, according to your gift, will express one type of love, but someone else has a different gift and they have to serve in a different way. And you know what I love is um, the fact that, um, I'm sorry to make a big deal, but Veronica, right? First week she came on Father's Day. How awesome is that? Father's Day, first day. Gave her life to God. I love that second or third, what's your name again? Sorry? Finn. Awesome. So what I loved is, and I didn't organize this earlier. I hope you don't mind. Um, but Finn came right, and it was only Veronica's second or third time being here on a Sunday. But she was like, you know what? I'm part of the family. I'm going to help Finn come. And Finn came and sat at the front and everything with you. And so I just loved it, that Veronica's like, my family, my responsibility. And now here, Finn, is front row. Give it up for Veronica and for Finn. Awesome. We just all play our part. And so really a practical way is just to refer to what Flick did earlier. You know what? Just by you being here contributes to our family. You know, saying hello, being a welcoming, friendly face. The new person won't know that you haven't been here for 10 years. If you've been here since your second week, like your family, you know, you can welcome someone at the door and they're going to say, that church is so friendly. And you're like, just been here for the second week. But, but just by you turning up matters. But also as you bring your gifts, and so a real practical way for you to do that is to join a team. It's to go, I might join the host team or the cafe team, the worship team, the production team, creative team, kids team, prayer team, connect team, many, many, many teams. And many ways that you can, and you know what? You might start in one area, but end up growing into a different area. And so there's a really practical way for you to do. And it's also why we give as a church financially. And there's zero obligation for you to give if you are a guest. But if you're a part of the family, the invitation is, hey, let's give financially into what God is doing because God says that he, the generous, those who are generous will prosper. He says, it's actually, Jesus said, you're more blessed to give than you are to receive. And so that's kind of a culture for our family that we have. We're like, well, we're more blessed by giving than getting. And so I'm going to actually contribute with my finance as well. It's the culture and the DNA of God's family to be generous. And so first distinction to make is a guest consumes 
And you are welcome to if you're a guest, guest and a family member contributes. Another distinction that we're going to finish you with tonight is this. A guest attends, but a family member belongs. A guest simply attends, tick, 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 I attended, but a family member actually belongs. Now, over the last few months, you might not be able to tell, but I've started CrossFit, right? Um, and so CrossFit, it's, um, it's a lot of fun. And so after, you know, a little while in Albany, I joined, they start to remember my name. It takes people a little while, but one guy still calls me Stephen, but I'm like, that's okay. Um, <laughs> no worries, it's all good. And <laughs> I'm used to it. Um, but I, but I, and, you know, I took the same approach as I'd recommend people take with church. So if people first come to church, I'm like, just go all in. Just, just go all in. And don't just give it one shot, but just, just, I don't mean do what they say, like, mindlessly, but look at the fruit of their lives. So I walk into CrossFit and I see, you know, people that are fit and healthy and thinking, all right, I'm going to do what they say because they get some fruit in their lives. And that's what we recommend with people in the church. They just come along and, and just we'd love to give you some tips of how you can grow fit spiritually. And so this is the approach that I took at CrossFit. And so after a while, they get to know me. They get to see my weaknesses and my strengths. And they, get, they, they help me to grow hopefully, a bit fitter and stronger over time, but they had a tailor-made approach because they know me. Because I belong to CrossFit in Albany. And, and it's great. I belong there. But every now and then while I'm in Perth, visiting in Perth, I'll go to a, a box. It's the, it's, the, it's the terminology they use for CrossFit gym. The box. I go to the Albany box. There's other boxes. I know. There you go. You've got to learn the lingo, just like you've got to learn the church lingo sometimes. And so I attended the Perth box near Frio recently, but there's a great difference because I went there and I just attended. No one knew me. No one knew what what my weaknesses or strengths were, but I was just there, tick, and then went. And that's the difference between attending and actually belonging. See, this is the deal. You can only grow, truly grow, when you're a part of a family, when you belong somewhere. And this is exactly what Jesus did. See, Jesus went out and he called people individually. He went to Peter. who Some of them he, he caught together as a, as a group. But often he went to individuals. He found them where they were. He went out searching for them. He found them where they were. But he drew them in and he grows them in a family. He, he grew them in a family as they grew together. And that's part of our vision as a church. Our vision is really simple. Know God, grow together, go with purpose. We want every single person to know God intimately. That would transform your life. But we don't want you just to know God on your own, but we want you to grow together. Us to grow as a family. And as we grow as a family, able to go into your world with purpose. See, Jesus will draw you individually no matter what your background is, where you're from, all of us are from all kinds of different backgrounds and locations in Perth or online, wherever you are from. Jesus calls you, he meets you right where you are, but then he wants to grow you in a family. This is how God does it. And so Psalm 92, verse 12 to 14, it says this. It gives this idea about being planted in the garden of God. Planted, where you truly belong in the house of God. It says this. The godly will flourish. Everyone say flourish. They'll flourish like palm trees and grow strong like the cedars of Lebanon. That sounds strong. For they are transplanted. They belong to the Lord's own house. They flourish in the courts of our God. Even in old age, 
They will still produce fruit and they will remain vital and green. Come on. Who wants to be vital in their faith? I want to be spiritually ripped in my faith. I want to go strong in God. And a secret to that, your one move is to get planted in the house of God, to belong in the house of God, not just to be an attender, but a belonger, to find belonging in the house of God. And, and it's a really good visual. Um, for me, when I've planted a few veggie gardens um, in the past, I've gone to Bunnings, and you know when you get those little seedlings and the little plastic sort of pots of sorts? And you get those seedlings, and when you pull them out, the roots are just like so jam-packed like this, so squished up. But you take them out of the little pot that they're in and you plant them in the garden. And when you plant them in the garden, then the roots are able to relax and actually start to go down into the soil, withdraw from the nutrients that are in the soil, and they're able to truly flourish. If they stay in the small little seedling pots, then their growth is restricted. But this is the invitation of God. Don't remain in isolation in a little seedling pot, just going, it's just me and God. But come on, get taken out of the seedling pot get planted into a family, get planted into the garden, get planted into a family of God, and then you're truly going to be able to flourish. And so the invitation is to move from being potted into being planted. And you know how you can go to some of those gardens and you see a nice flourishing garden, but then you have some with just a pot in it, with with, with a plant in it. Some of us are a bit like that, where you appear to even be a part of a family, but we've still got walls up. We've still got our terracotta clay or plastic walls up around us saying, I'm here physically, but I'm actually, I don't want to be actually known. I've got fear about being known because if I get known, you're going to know my weaknesses. And I might know about your weaknesses. And then I'm going to be a bit flipped out. And I'm not going to do what not to do. What do I do with that? So I'm just going to play it safe. Maybe you've been hurt before in other relationships or another church or whatever. But can I encourage you, God's invitation for you is to actually smash the terracotta is to take, rip down that plastic, get the Stanley knife out, let it come apart and let your roots grow down into the soil of this church. Or if you're from another church, get planted there. And one of the best ways that you can get planted is not only by hanging around on Sundays. We've got a saying, actually, one of the guys in Albany, he said this, you know, so you don't have to put it in your hand, but you might relate. Some of you might relate. After the service, you're like, I'm out of here. <laughs> you're like... I'm not talking to anyone. I'm going home because it's scary sometimes to talk to people, especially if, if that's not an area that you're strong in. But he's got a saying, choose, speak to three before you flee. You like that? Speak to th- Everyone say, speak to three before you flee. You might like to say, linger for longer. Everyone say, linger for longer. Linger for longer. Coming on Sundays, that's why we've got the after party, is our way to bribe you to stick around to linger for longer. Even if you just awkwardly get there and you get the food, that's all you need to do. Just chat to a few more people. Allow people to actually begin to get to know you. It can take a little bit of time, but it is so worth persevering through to be known because only when you are known can people actually begin to help you. Only when you are known can people actually encourage you. Only when you're known, only when you're known can people challenge you. Ooh. And the proverb says that iron sharpens iron. And you know, iron, in order for iron to sharpen iron, or when you sharpen your knife, you know how you sharpen your knife against the, the iron sharpener, the knife sharpener, it's only when you bring them together can the knife get sharpened. Apart from each other, they can do nothing. And so there's a bit of friction. There's a bit of sparks. There's a bit of uncomfortableness, if that's a word. 
But God actually wants to sharpen you and grow you as we, as we rub up our edges against each other. God, I want to grow in patience. Do you know what God will do? He might actually position you as someone that you require to grow in patience with. God, I need to grow in love. Well, maybe he's going to stick you with someone that's very unlovable. And he's going to grow you in your love with that person. You, you know what? You cannot face the storms of life alone. But God's invitation for you is to face the spiritual battles that you face to overcome temptation, that you do to stand strong in the midst of a culture that is so anti-Jesus. And your way to survive is to belong, not just to attend. Let's not settle for attending. Attending is so, hey, if you are, you are welcome. You're our guest. Attend as long as you like. But this is an invitation for your sake. And one of the best ways to get connected into church, like Flick says, this is a really practical um, talk, by the way, is to be part of a group. Be part of, we call them dinner parties, where we get around the table, we have some dinner together. And, you know, food just always makes everything better, doesn't it? And so we get around the table, we have dinner together and cook some food. And then we have a bit of a discussion about Sunday's message. But the, the main part of it is that we get to know you. And at first we put our mask on our faces on it. It's all good. It's all nice. But after a while you can begin to form trust and open up. And when you get real with each other, that's when you can actually see the power of God at work in your life. And so many people's lives have been transformed from the inside out as they've allowed themselves to be known by being a part of a group. And, you know, one, one person that I've really seen this been outworked um, quite clearly, and I've asked his permission for this, is Jared. Where is Jared? Put up your hand nice and high. Where is he? Boy, over that side. There we go. Jared and Jess. Okay, so Jared, right? This is a bit of background of Jared. So Jared um, was a part of our launch team. We launched this church in the middle of 2019. Four, how many years ago is that? Five years ago. Is that right? Four, four years ago. I relied on your maths, Ash. Um, <laughs> no, that's good. Um, four years ago only. Unbelievable. And so Jarrah was a part of our launch team. How incredible was that? What an exciting time. And we just love seeing what God is doing. But Jared helped us to launch our church, which is fun and exciting at first. But about nine months in, he came to me. He's like, hey, Chase, can we catch up? I'm like, yeah, sure. Let's catch up. So we sat down, went to Pixel down there for a coffee. And Jarrah's like, yeah, I just, I just, I just, I'm, I'm going to leave the church. I'm like, oh, Okay. And by the way, anyone's free to leave the church. It's all good. Just join another tribe, another we're part of the extended family. But, but if you move from family to family to family, it, it takes time for people to get to know you. And anyway, so I'm partly like, oh, it's pretty sad because we'll just miss you. Anyway, I was like, well, why, why is that? He's like, is there anything you can do to help or anything? And he's like, oh, it's just not like it used to be. You know, at first we all loved each other. It was all awesome. It was so you know, hyped and pumped and friendly and high fives and it was amazing and woo! But it's just not the same. And as I talked to him and dug a little bit deeper, I began to realise, ah, okay. You know what's actually happened is we've moved from dating each other to actually now we're going into the next level of the relationship. Because you know when you start dating someone, it's like, they're amazing, they're incredible, I've never met anyone, they're perfect, they've got no faults, even their faults are incredible, oh my goodness, they're amazing! Maybe you've been to another church and you realise, oh gee, I'm leaving this church, they've got faults, like me, and I'm going to find a perfect church. And so you land on oceans, it's awesome. I'm sorry to say though, here's the great reveal, 
we're just like them. <laughs> just like the church that you left. Hopefully, if you, anyway, okay, we can have that discussion. Hopefully not like a couple, but anyway, you're getting the point. And so I'm like, Jared, do you know what? Actually, there's a great opportunity here. You know, if you actually, because there's a level of vulnerability because over time, people begin to see your faults and you're like, oh man, are they going to stick around? Will they still stick around if they see me as I really am? And to be honest, sometimes it's like, do I really want to stick around them if I see who they really are? And so we all come to this point where we reach an opportunity to have greater intimacy and relationships and trust and thrive as a family when we reach the inevitable moment of this. Am I going to choose us or am I going to choose me? And Jared made an awesome decision back then. He's like, you know what, actually, yeah, that's true. I'm going to choose to stick around because... On the other side of my choice to stick around, what we say to each other is, so you're still here despite the fact that you've seen the worst of me? It's like, wow. Then you go, so you're not just going to run away at the first sight of trouble? Oh, I feel, I can actually take my mask off. This is incredible. And then they're like, so you're not going to run away from me at the first sign of trouble? or offence or opportunity and because it will come trust me I'm so sorry you're going to have to forgive me of something I hope it's a long time before that happens but inevitably there may well be but but when we choose to forgive one another when we choose to overlook each other's wrongs or get real and raw with each other and some practical tips of how to do that was at this morning's message in Ocean's Albany Anita Barber she's a relationships guru if you want some gold for your relationships and your marriage and in church, go to Ocean's Albany on the Facebook page and you will just, you'll drink it up. You're going to love it. Um, but when we choose to actually remain, and this, this principle isn't only transferable in church, it's, it's at your workplace, especially in your families, especially in your marriage. When you realise, so you're not going to run away? Whew, that, build, that just brings rest and peace and such confidence and you can actually begin to be a little bit more yourself. Ooh, okay, a bit more personality coming out rather than the... Yes, I'm going very well, thank you. Yes, yes, bless you. Yes, yes, great, whatever. And we get to see you come out. Come on. And so this is the invitation. And, and you know, when Jared made that decision, now I see vitality. I see flourishing. Jared made that decision. On the back of that decision, man, he has been so unbelievably fruitful in this church, in his leadership. He's, in, he's got his fingerprints on every area of this church. He's been involved in every team. Um, and so, and right now, him and his fiance are leading a youth together, doing such an incredible job. You know what? He wouldn't have gotten, he, he wouldn't have met, met Jess. But because he chose to stuck around, he met Jess. And now they are, they're awesome. They're incredible. And he just told me just before when I asked him permission to do this, he's like, actually, also, Shafe, and just want to let you know. Um, around that time, I got an awesome job offer, full time job offer to go to Geraldton, full time accommodation, great money. But even before he made his own decision to believe in Jesus and to receive him, he was like, I want to discover a bit more about what this community thing's like. And he actually chose, no, I'm not going to go there because I value this too much. And we see the results of that choice. I'm going to choose to stay, not run away at a broader level. And, you know, this is God's invitation to you, not to join this church to, to scratch our egos, but for you. For your sakes, whatever church you might be part of, get planted and choose. I'm not going to attend. I'm going to belong. I'm not just going to consume. I'm going to contribute because God's invitation today, because this family is your provision for you. 
God, God is providing family for you. I'm from a broken family background. Can I just be really, really honest? I love this family, and this family does more to me than some of my biological family because this is God's family that will last forever. God wants to provide for you. God has provided jobs for people. God has provided belonging. He's provided so much for you. And so this is the great invitation. Receive everything that God has for you by making the choice to move from being a guest to being a family member. And it's not about time. It begins with a shift in the heart. And so why don't we just all stand up here tonight. Mama. <laughs> Love it. Family, lots of babies. It's so great. And really what I want to do is lead us to this point. This point. If we could just all close our eyes. Because essentially this begins in the heart. And it's before God. Because really it's a trust issue. Saying, God, I want to, I'm going to trust in you. No longer hold up my walls, my terracotta walls, my plastic walls. But I'm going to, I'm going to trust in you and your provision. Maybe you've been hurt in the past. Maybe by other churches. Maybe by other people. But you know what it comes down to is the decision to trust in God and to let down those walls. Say, God, I trust in you. I trust in you. And so why don't you even now, when it comes to that choice between being potted and being planted, there's, there's some people here I feel like is, this is a really crucial moment for you to make a decision before God. God, God, I choose to take down my walls. I choose to get out of the pot. Right now, just make the decision in your heart. God, I choose. You might even want to pray under under your breath. God, I choose to get out of the pot. I choose to take down the walls, Lord. And I choose to be planted. I choose to trust in you. I choose to trust in you and your provision of love for me, Lord. God, I want my roots to go deep down into the soil that you're providing for me. I want to see your nutrients coming to my life, God. I want to flourish. I want vitality in my life, God. I want to make a choice, God, not just to be an attender, but to be a family, to be belong in this family. And also maybe for some of you here today, you've, you've actually realised, you know what, I'm going to take that next step and to begin to contribute my gifts, my heart. And it starts from the heart saying, God, maybe you want to lift up your hands as an outward sign of surrender. God, I surrender my time. I surrender my talent. I surrender, surrender my my treasure, my finance, my time, my strength. God, I want to contribute to what you were doing on the face of the earth, Lord. You were doing a good thing, Lord God. You were bringing people to know you, Jesus. You want to see lives transformed, Lord. This is a worthy investment of my strength, the strength of my life, God. And I choose to contribute. Lord, I choose to give, Lord God, to sow into what you are doing in this moment, Lord. And God, I thank you that as people make this decision, Lord, that you fill them with the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord God, I thank you that, that I just believe there's people here today that God is saying that as you take make your yes, as you say your yes to them, it's like I see this picture of you taking that first step. Sometimes that first step is just the hardest to take. Can I encourage you not to give in to fear? God is saying, do not fear. Don't fear, but take that step. And I just say, as you take that first step and as, as you take each step, you're going to actually discover things about yourself that you never realized before. There's actually going to be parts of your personality that are going to come out. You're going to grow in self-love because as you're part of a community, you're going to discover more about yourself as the walls come down. You're going to discover gifts that God has given you right now. And so thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you pour out 
your spirit upon this place. God, I thank you that you're stirring people's hearts right now. You're giving them visions. You're giving them dreams, Lord. You're stirring up a desire in their heart, Lord God, to be part of what you are doing on the face of the earth, Lord God. We thank you for what you're doing in this place. And I thank you, God, that you cause every single person to flourish in this place. Holy Spirit, would you fall upon this place, Lord? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to go back into worship just in a moment and we can start singing in a moment. But first of all, what I wanted to do is just give this invitation to connect your life to Jesus, to connect your life to Jesus. Maybe there's some parts of your life that you see that that are dead. They're dead. I see like, it's like a plant with gray parts on it. There's dead parts on it. And Jesus is saying, would you connect those parts of your life? This isn't I'm not talking about an invitation to begin a relationship with God right now. We'll do that in a moment. But if there's any area of your life that appears to lack vitality, why don't you right now, whether it's finance, whether it's relationships or emotions, why don't you right now by faith choose to connect, to invite Jesus into it? Jesus said, if you abide in me, you will bear much fruit. And so right now, just bring that before Jesus. Whether it's your health, it's your relationships or your finances. Bring it before Jesus right now. And Jesus, I thank you, Lord, that as we abide, as we connect these areas of our life to you, that you cause it to flourish. Right now, Holy Spirit, breathe life, Lord God, where there is death. Breathe life, breathe hope, breathe provision for those that need financial provision, Lord. Those with broken relationships, thank you that you begin to heal them, Lord. Those with depression, Lord God, those with anxiety, those with fear, break fear right now in Jesus' name. We release the healing miraculous power. Why don't you right now, if you've got pain in your body, if you've got sickness in your body, if there's something about you that is not healthy, the Bible says that by Jesus' stripes, you are healed. So right now in Jesus' name, we release the healing power of Jesus. Why don't you lift your hands to receive from Jesus right now. Lord, we release your healing power, the power of the resurrection power of Jesus, breathing life, God, breathing healing, Lord, right now into bodies, into hearts, in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the Oceans Church podcast. For more information, visit oceans.church.